Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji DeMello, Kenno Roden, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Azure Podcast. Uh, today, we are recording episode uh, number 478 on uh, November 6th. Um, our special guests today are Nitra Sibam and Joshua Min, and they're going to be talking to us uh, about the Help API. And I know that sounds a little bit odd, but we'll explain more what that means when we get to them, because I think you're going to um, really appreciate it. Um, so before we get into them introducing themselves, Sajit, Kale, um, what do you what do you have for news today? I got a few things here. Uh, so the first one is, um, and these are up on the blog, so we'll put these in uh, the link dump. But basically, there's a, a couple of articles here, well, two of them here specifically around, you know, realizing potential like Azure optimization things, basically. And I know we've talked about this in past podcasts. Is this cost, but cost type, type stuff, Kale, or is this like scaling, or what's the? Yeah, so it's everything. Uh, okay. So it does include cost management and stuff that we've talked about before. It also talks about the well-architected framework. Uh, it talks about the cloud adoption framework. So it's basically like a kind of one-stop uh, kind of post to check out all the different areas you should be considering to optimize your cloud spend. Uh, as you said, your scaling, things like that, reservations, savings plans, all kinds of things. It's kind of like a really nice kind of wrapped up. Uh, post about all that piece, and then as well as the Microsoft Unified uh, support scenarios and things like that. So um, that's really cool. Nice little wrap up there for that one. And then there's another one. Um, yeah, you know, we have to talk about AI. It's kind of like we talk about blockchain. <laughs> now we got to talk about AI uh, every time. But uh, no, there's a there's a good one out here about uh, generative AI. Uh, again, talking about. Uh, it's a follow-on to a previous blog we had about, you know, specifically in Azure, the Azure AI, how LLM lifecycles work, building on these things, um, all the different kind of uh, augmented, you know, tools that we have inside of there, fine-tuning tools for LLMs, uh, all the semantic kernel, all the different pieces that we have there. Again, bringing, bringing together a bunch of different AI technologies that we've done. So if you're getting started in the space, uh, especially around AI, and want to learn a little bit more about what Azure's doing in that space, I know we've talked about this in the past, but this is a good one to has a lot of spider webs out to a lot of different things we have there. Great. And then the last one I had was... Um, it's actually happening this week. So there's a KubeCon and Cloud Native Con going on, I believe, in Chicago uh, this week. You know, from and we're recording this on the sixth, and this is to the ninth. Uh, there's several um, Azure-specific things there around Kubernetes and our open source initiatives around, um, you know, Kubernetes in that space with KubeCon. And so there's some meetups and things going on there, as well as some learning opportunities, booths, swag. So anybody in that area, or I, I'm sure you can get some of this stuff online as well. I uh, just wanted to call that one out that that's happening this week. Great. Yeah, Kendall, Kendall would be super excited. Um, sure yeah, actually, the Azure Day is today, uh, the day we're recording. Uh, so we'll put a link to the recordings of that Azure Day, all the Azure Day sessions uh, along with the show notes. But that's something to watch out for. Great. Cool. Um, yeah, I just had a couple of smaller things. Um, you know, we had uh, some updates for the Elastic SAN. 
um, or Azure Elasticsand, right? The ability to take snapshots, some new um, security capabilities. Um, and again, this is really targeted at um, scenarios where on-premises you would have had a traditional SAN. And even though, it, you know, I, like I remember when we first talked about this product, it, it seems like that would have gone away in the days of, of cloud storage. The reality is there's lots of scenarios where that's still very valuable. Um, uh, speaking of AKS, um, the Azure Container Storage um, went public preview uh, now, and this is basically allows you to um, make it easier to manage your persistent volumes. Um, the App Gateway just announced uh, IPv6 support. Um, and again, we've been talking about IPv6 for, you know, I don't know, years, decades. Now, it, it is a thing. You should be adopting it. It's going to become more and more uh, prevalent. Lots of government agencies are requiring it these days. Um, and then the last thing, and we'll probably do a whole show on this because I think this is an area we're investing a ton of work and there's a lot of benefit for customers. But Azure Advisor now has come up with some or come out with some recommendations around um, using your disks with zone redundant uh, configurations. You know, remember Advisor is about telling you, you know, sort of the best way to configure resources and we're investing heavily um, in that. And, and like I said, we'll probably do a whole show on that um, at some point because there's a ton of work going into that. Um, and so with that, um, you know, let's let's transition over to Nithya and to Joshua. Nithya, Joshua, um, if you could introduce yourselves and tell us what you do here at Microsoft. Yeah, I can go first. Uh, first of all, thank you, uh, Evan, Kale, and Sajid for the introduction um, and for giving us this opportunity to talk about uh, Help API on Azure podcast. Um, so my name is Nithya Shivam, and I'm a senior product manager in Azure's Incident Care and Experiences organization. Uh, I, our mission uh, the, for me and my, my entire team is to enable all our Azure customers and partners uh, with all the tools that are needed to troubleshoot and get uh, resolution to their Azure issues from anywhere, whether they are inside or outside the portal. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give it over to Joshua. Hey, thanks, Nithya. So my name is um, Joshua Min. I am basically Nithya's counterpart on the engineering side. I manage the Help RP team in the CXP organization uh, within Microsoft. Uh, so my team empowers 1P and 3P clients with APIs that provide programmatic access to self-help solutions uh, through ARM. Great. Yeah. So, so just to sort of put some context around this, um, you know, because I personally, I'm I, I'm super excited about the capabilities that y'all are releasing for general consumption because we've had a lot of this internally and we've had some of this as you know um deflection flows and and whatnot when you're going through the portal but this is expanding this out to everybody else right this is this is giving customers through a lot of different flows the ability to access the self-help content that we have is that is that sort of the right way to think about this yeah exactly so today uh you're you're, you're exactly framed it right like we have uh, a lot of our troubleshooting experiences for our customers goes within the portal but we we've also uh, upon talking to our partners we found out that a lot of our a good majority of our customers want the troubleshooting experiences from their own tools and their own uh, integrations uh, so this is providing all the solutions that uh, that 1p customers or our, our direct customers can access through the portal outside of this via help api through uh, and accessible to all the 3p customers too and and so would i be you know, give me an example of the kind of things that i can surface i I'm, i believe there's there's um deflection kind of what we call self-help um uh, articles that'll point you to based on the you know what you're looking at 
how do I, what, what other kinds of things can I access through this API? Do the, like the guided troubleshooters show up through this? What, what are the capabilities that I could surface? Yeah, great question. So uh, today we, uh, the uh, help API will showcase all kinds of solutions that are available in the portal, primarily uh, diagnostics. Uh, so diagnostics is nothing but um, it evaluates based on the resource and um, based on the resource of the customer, it, it looks at it analyzes the root cause and provides the exact steps to troubleshoot the issue. So that's diagnostics. Uh, and then we also provide solutions, which is also a wide uh, range of uh, of solutions, which has multiple different solution components containing diagnostics, troubleshooters, uh, metrics charts, uh, all of that, and all of that compiled within one single pane <clears throat> to provide more insightful uh, solutions. And then we also separately showcase guided troubleshooters as well. So today it's just these three because we've did a, we've deemed that these three are the most impactful solutions, but we do have the uh, potential to support more solution types in the future. Yeah, just just to add to what Nithya said, um, basically the solutions that you see through the portal, um, most of those solutions are available through our API. So it's programmatic access. So you're basically getting the articles, you're getting the step-by-step -step instruction on how to resolve your uh, Azure resource issues, but through an API. You know, what would help me uh, <clears throat> is uh, to take a concrete example, right? Like, let's take a service, for example, let's take uh, I don't know, app service, right? Uh, I know that's the one that probably has uh, a lot of these troubleshooters, but so I know an app service, uh, I believe there's, a, in the, are you talking of in the diagnose and troubleshoot Pain. I forget what the pain is called or what the, the page is called in the portal experience. But when I go in there, there's a bunch of kind of uh, things that could potentially uh, be wrong with the uh, service. And I could uh, ask it to evaluate if, you know, I can't connect to it remotely or the certificates are not available or whatever it may be the case. Right. Are we talking about those? I just want to make sure I understand which uh, part of the portal we're referring to here. Yeah, so the portal, uh, just to kind of take a step back, the portal has multiple different experiences. Um, and one of, Diagnose and Solve is one of the experiences. And again, today, uh, just for context, all of these experiences are powered by Help API today in the portal as well. So, uh, and the, the second experience is, uh, you know, the help, uh, the case submission where customers can have uh, open support tickets. And then the third, ex the third experience is Help 2.0. When we showcase these solutions outside of the portal, this is an, an API that is just uh, very specific to, um, you know, self-help solutions. So um, we are not showcasing that as as a standalone experience. We're not showcasing these solutions within a standalone experience, but basically based on the inputs that the customer provides. Let's say the plus customer says, this is my problem and here is, you know, my problem classification uh, and this is my resource. Based on the on these inputs, we uh, we look at our downstream services, look at what are the possible potential solutions and return the most relevant solutions uh, to the to the customer. I see. So they would get back at that in the form of an of a, uh, you call an API with those inputs is what you're saying. Okay. And, uh, and and you get back. Uh, I guess a structured response that they would yes. then parse apart and display to the end user in whatever system they are. Like I don't know if it's like a ServiceNow portal or whatever else, uh, other portal. Is that what we're looking at? Is that the kind of uh, 
main use case for externalizing this help API now? Absolutely. So I think uh, just to go one step further here, uh, there are two main um, steps. It's a two-step process here. The first, in this, in the first process, customers can identify or we, we call it discover solutions that based on their problem and their resource or their subscription, uh, and once they identify that, okay, here's three solutions out of that solution A, solution B is the relevant solution, then the next step is to execute that solution. And the execution of solution is what actually gets you the diagnostics or the troubleshooting, step-by-step -step troubleshooting instructions or the actual you know, list of solutions uh, that you can uh, use to solve your Azure issue. This may get a little bit too techy, but like the... You know, when we talk about the self-help content, as far as here's an article to go read based on your problem state, or, you know, we've detected this thing that's wrong with your resource based on the input and you should yep. go do X. That makes total sense to me. Um, I, but like things like the guided troubleshooter, that's that's an interactive, you know, sort of do a step, you get some sort of feedback, do a step. How, how do I actually integrate that with my API? Do I have to build a, a, a UI to do this? Is there, you know, maybe a React you know, component that I just integrate and then all I have to do is embed it in my app. How, do, how does that part end up working? I think, uh, so the guided temperatures, you're absolutely right. Um, so the way it works is it, uh, yeah, you're right. So the inputs, it's a combination of the inputs that the customer gives and it takes the results from the previous response uh, along with, you know, backend signals from the resource and kind of computes then the next Okay, so, I do, so it does do iteratively then as I Yes, it's iterative uh, okay. and it's interactive. Gotcha. And okay. that said, that said, you know, the rendering of these solutions and the steps is much better when there is a UI that's that's in the in front of this. Uh, but it can be also done through any of these, you know, um, any of the API uh, interfaces as well, like Postman or Partial or any, any type of interface. That's that would be no. I just gotta say, as someone who's in this business, and you're trying to put me out of business. By the way, thank you very much for putting me out of business. Um, <laughs> but as someone who spends their life troubleshooting, like I just, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, man, that's like hardcore. If you're trying to call a help API with Postman or something, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 serious at that point. <laughs> yeah. So one one follow-on question to this, you've been mentioning like diagnostics and things that come along with this, and maybe this is me being naive to how the service works but like for instance taking sajit's example let's say i have i don't know ssl misconfigured or something or, or i did something bad like that from a customer's perspective when they come into this do they have to enable stuff like mon because like diagnostics and some of the events and stuff that's happening in my azure stuff that's in azure monitor right like i have some stuff over there is this something like in addition to that where I'm going in and asking for help on this thing or is this thing going to fly into action when I do have these errors? Like where's, where's what triggers the start of this, the uh, where they get the event stream from to say, hey, I got this problem, you know? So that's a great question. Um, so our help, help API is a very dynamic, uh, it, it, you, you can integrate it anywhere. Um, so some of the customers uh, would want that to be reactive, but we can also integrate it with observability tools or any type of logging uh, tools and trigger this based on you know, thresholds or alerts that you, you set in uh, within your system. Uh, yeah, so I think to answer your question, it's it, we have the potential of integrating API, help API both proactively and reactively. And just to add to that, uh... You know, depending on the diagnostic that you choose to run, um, those diagnostics are developed by Azure engineers. 
And each diagnostic is a little different at what signals that it looks for in order to troubleshoot the issue that you have. That takes me to sort of a, a follow-up on, uh, you know, it sounds like one of the key use case scenarios would be, you know, surfacing these in something like uh, ServiceNow or some other, you know, or PagerDuty, some other third-party um, incident management tool. Um, are are we working with those those third-party providers to sort of build a, you know, a really rich experience with them at that point, or is is the goal to, you know, present the API and then everybody has to adopt it and, and evolve it themselves? We are working with uh, some of the third-party uh, tools, uh, and ServiceNow is a great example here. Uh, we That said, we are not limiting ourselves there. We are also working right. with a lot of other uh, resellers, cloud resellers, and CSPs and MSPs as well. Oh, because they would have scenarios too. Yeah, correct. that's a good point. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. So, yes, so it's not just limited there, but we're also expanding uh, and talking to a lot of other resellers that are interested in integrating with us. Great. Yeah, that kind of leads me to ask the question. Uh, I work with a lot of uh, FSI customers, right? And they're typically the, you know, the, the top top tier uh, banks and capital markets and whatnot. And they are, uh, I, I can see that they have a lot of internal tools, I guess, right, that kind of encapsulate what Azure offers, right? Like they typically hide right. all the, they, like nobody sees the portal, right? Basically, you know, it's right. like, here's our portal and that's all you're going to see, right? And then through through ARM and uh, automation and whatnot, they uh, they do a lot of stuff in Azure. Uh, so so I, I can see uh, a place where they would want, want to integrate these tools, right? Because, you know, obviously, you know, you've, you've used the error portal to deploy something to Azure and it's not working. They need a way to troubleshoot it. So I can see that them being a prime uh, customer for this. What's the uh, what's the criteria for them to get onboarded onto this? Um, you know, obviously, this is not something we're going to just uh, make available to everybody. I'm, I'm guessing there is a certain uh, procedure to get onboarded onto this API. So, um Today, the API is is, a, is free of cost, and anyone can uh, use this API. Um, I told you, she's trying to put me out of business. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's her goal. Yeah, yeah. Forget <laughs> it. You better put your resume out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go learn how to write code instead of just debugging code. Right? Um, so the the criteria to for for uh, you know to get these solutions is that uh, so today the APIs support any issue at a, at the subscription or the resource scope. Uh, in the future, we're going to onboard, of course, more scenarios at, at a much higher uh, you know tenant level. Um, so you the minimum criteria is you need to be a reader at the resource. Uh, so if you're a direct customer, then you need to have a be reader at the resource or the subscription scope. And if uh, if you if you are like an indirect user, like a, a cloud service provider, as I mentioned, then you need to have you need to kind of have um, an access, or you need to be enabled on that subscription or resource. Which many of our CSPs have access uh, that we have spoken to, they have access, but they they have they could be edge case scenarios that you know we we are trying to work out as well. But some of the CSPs that we've already spoken to, they they can access their customers' uh, subscription. So that's kind of the minimum requirement to use these APIs. As you see, so your existing uh, was a okay, sorry. Uh, so your existing uh, Azure credentials is what is used to authenticate yeah. access to the APIs, help APIs yes. itself. Uh, you probably have to set up a role or something like that, and and, and yes. they get access to it. Okay, got yeah. it. Sorry. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, along with this, these API calls, typically uh, these things start out simple and then get really complex. So uh, <laughs> that's just been my history with APIs. But um, yeah, to that point, is there like repos or examples? I mean, obviously we have references for our APIs to tell what parameters you feed in, what you're going to get back, these kind of things. But as far as like examples for these kind of things, is there anything like in a way of like a GitHub or any of that kind of stuff that you could uh, that helps users get started with this or? Yes, I can take that question. Um, so we have very good documentation on learn.microsoft.com. Um, uh, all the APIs, all the resource providers have their documentation there. We're no exception. Uh, so there are some sample response and request code out there. So I, I definitely um, you know, recommend everyone to um, who's interested in our API go out to um, the site and just uh, read our um, documentation there. Um, so yeah, so we do have sample code out there. And I, I assume this is not just uh, pure REST clients, right? You probably have SDKs for like different languages and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, we have SDKs we in Java, um, .NET, Go, Python, um, as well as, uh, did I mention JavaScript? JavaScript. Uh, we also have um, Azure CLI command, as well as a PowerShell command as well. And those links to those uh, modules and commands and SDKs are uh, out on the documentation site. Did I want to go back to your statement about sort of being able to, you have to have a read, right? A read role on one of the resources. So, so does that mean that generally you would expect this to work in sort of the really typical scenario we see where team one owns, say, the network and they own the express route gateway and they own the, the hybrid connectivity back on premises? You know, they own the virtual network, the you know the NICs, and then team two might be deploying and you know a virtual machine into that network, or they might be deploying an application on top of the virtual machine. Does that does that imply generally that I have read access to those resources so I'd be able to use this capability or is that something we need to go figure out like how to, that I have to get granted that capability to be able to use it in that scenario? It's not so, always the case, uh, Evan, from what I know, the, when the way that these companies uh, uh, sub do separation of duty. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the, the, typically the, the folks that are doing deployment, uh, they can, uh, yeah, they'd be using certain service principles and whatnot to deploy. And those right. service principles under the covers may have access, but they themselves, the operator, ah, okay. perhaps okay. Uh, does not have the right permissions to, to, okay. to read that. I, it, that. That's how I've seen it, too. So is, you know, is this, is there a custom role then that I can add so that I have the ability to, to do this while I, you know, if I don't necessarily have direct rights to the resource or is that a scenario we, we still need to go figure out? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, we, these are scenarios we are trying to learn ourselves It's we are on the learning okay. path. <laughs> uh, we just totally released fair. these, AP yeah, we just released our API like last month and we are trying to learn different scenarios as well. Uh, so yes, uh, okay. yeah, and, and and as we learn, we're trying to update our documentation as well to the best possible extent uh, for our customers. Yeah, yeah, because that separation of of access is, I mean, yes. it makes these environments super complicated for yeah. sure. So okay, great. I can definitely see a scenario where they would need a like a special service principle that does have mm -hmm. like a reader rule across the entire scope of whatever the subscription yeah. or the resource group or whatever level they decide to, to take it to. And, uh, and then that's the one that, uh, you know, would be making the API, help API right. calls, right, on behalf of the user. So typically they might set up something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
Well, you know, Joshua Nithya, this was this was great. I'm, you know, again, I'm 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 a little bit nervous here because I this is what I do for a living. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried we're competing with each other here. Um, no, but I, but I joke. We actually leverage a lot of this stuff internally as well, and and these diagnostics are super super helpful. Um, anything else that we didn't touch on that you want to make sure to call out for our audience? I just uh, I think this was great. I just one one thing um, I wanted to call out. And again, we are, we 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 are having a lot of new exciting features that we are adding as well. And like I mentioned, we're adding more insightful solution types, as well as we are also bringing in natural language uh, capabilities. And we want to oh, make there's our AI reference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's there, yeah. So the, so we are we're planning we are planning to add these capabilities and make it much easier for users so they don't there's a number of steps that they that they have to go through to get these solutions is much more simplified as we go by. So that's one thing that's that's one exciting thing to look forward to for sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, I yeah, mean, but, they, I, oh, go ahead, Sajid. I'm waiting for the day. You know, we have all these models in OpenAI, right? And uh, I'm waiting for the day they come up with the the Evan Basilic model. You know, so that's the one that I would use in, uh, to, to solve all these problems. <laughs> They're trying to figure out how to do the complaint stuff, and it's yeah, difficult, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it varies too much. It's really hard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Gail. Thanks, Gail. <laughs> Love you too, man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I think you know at a high level, I just want to reinforce for everybody how. Um, how well integrated these capabilities are to in the platform, right? We've all had these TSGs that we've gone through for years. And, you know, even we used to use this in, in Azure, but they're very disconnected from reality, right? You're sort of following instructions yeah. or you're leveraging a tool that isn't, you know, it might pull some data, but it's not really, you know, it's difficult to make it smart enough really to respond to what's there. You know, these, the, this deflection content that the guided troubleshoot all that, it's, it's using the real state of your, app at the current time and place so this is such such super super powerful technology it's great to see it um, get exposed to our customers as well i i just thought of one thing you mentioned earlier i think joshua mentioned this uh, that there is the help api there's also the functionality to open up cases right i think case management or to open up a ticket is that also part of this api is that separate or is there a separate api for that where you know yeah like suppose they you know they go through all these troubleshooting okay nothing is working right next step is open up a case right and is that also automated or is there a way to automate that as well there is a separate api uh for that and that's it's already you know in 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 public preview it's i think been for a uh, couple of years now i think right? yeah it's been yeah. there for some time i see okay, yes good. So that kind of ties yeah. it up together to make a holistic uh, solution for the customer. Yeah, and I think that's our that's our vision too, right? Like, I mean, at this at this time, we, it's two different APIs, but we we definitely are designing these APIs with a complete view, the holistic view of providing that end-to-end -end experience for our customers. Uh, so if they if if they still want to open a support ticket, they do have everything they have to, and they don't have to go through repetitive steps again. Right, all the context is flowing automatically yeah, from the troubleshooters to the ticket and uh, it goes automatically that makes sense exactly yeah. that's what we're aiming for here awesome great thank you awesome Whew. okay so i still have some business for a little while uh, before <laughs> we, we build it now um, okay great no well, no again both of you um appreciate you very much um coming on i think this is something that definitely encourage customers to check out right it will save them trouble in the end for sure right it'll, it'll help them find their problems um kale sajit anything last you want to leave with yeah, thanks for okay. coming up with this. I'm sure our customers are going to appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Great. Thanks, folks. Thank See you. Later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, 
questions or just want to connect, find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with us.